is where everything begins, begins again. Welcome to the Mid the Pines podcast, a place where Grove City College alumni and faculty give voice to their unique stories, contributions, and accomplishments. Our community is blessed with many individuals who are often recognized for their proficiency, purpose, and principles, all celebrated hallmarks of the distinctive Grove City College education. Learn more about their God-given callings and the work they are undertaking for the common good. These are their personal and professional stories. Hello, this is Brian Powell, class of 2003, uh, current Senior Director of Development here at Grove City College, and I'm joined today by alumnus Jake Reed, class of 2005. Jake's the president and CEO of Sporting Kansas City, better known as among soccer fans as Sporting KC. It's one of just 29 teams in Major League Soccer, otherwise known as MLS. Uh, I first met Jake when he arrived on campus during his freshman year. I was his resident assistant some years ago. Jake was uh, raised in Cortland, Ohio earned his bachelor's degree here at Grove City in marketing management, and played on the basketball team here. Jake launched his career in the National Basketball Association, NBA, as an account executive on the sales team with the New Orleans Pelicans and a sales manager with the Charlotte Hornets. He then moved to England for a job with the Derby County Football Club as a ticket sales manager, helping the club achieve a number of accomplishments, including the highest average attendance in the 08-09 English Football Championship. Jake has been with Sporting KC since 2010 in various roles. During his time, he's helped open a new stadium, Children's Mercy Park, seen Sporting KC win four major championships, and experienced substantial growth in season ticket sales, including six straight sold-out season tickets, corporate sponsorships, merchandise, and concession revenue. Jake was named the 2012 MLS Ticketing Executive of the Year and led a staff that won the MLS Ticket Sales Team of the Year in 2013. In 2016, Jake was included among Kansas City's 40 Under 40 for his leadership, civic engagement, and contributions to charitable causes, and a next-gen leader for the Kansas City Business Journal. In 2018, he was named as a member of the Sports Journal, Sports Business Journal 40 Under 40 Class of 2018 as one of just 40 sports business professionals under the age of 40 from across the country. Jake is a, a member of the Sporting Kansas City Sports Commission, the Victory Project, Boys Hope, Girls Hope of Kansas City, and a number of other organizations. And he also helps run the sporting club events business at Children's Mercy Park and Three Points, a 1,400-square-foot event space in downtown Kansas City. Jake lives in the Kansas City area with his wife, Danielle, and their two boys. Jake has certainly brought honor to his alma mater in the way that he's led in business and across the community. Jake, welcome to our Mid the Pines podcast. We are so grateful for this opportunity to get to know you better today. Brian, good seeing you. And it dawned on me, I'm Andrew. I can no longer qualify for 40 under 40 as I just hit 40. So that uh, that award will no longer be in my repertoire. But uh, I appreciate the introduction. Nice. Jake, to start our conversation today, I thought I thought maybe you could just share a little bit more context in terms of your current role. Um, you've been at Sporting KC a number of years now, but talk to us about what that your role entails. Yeah, you know, it's a question I get a lot. You know, what what what's your day look like? The answer is there, there's no such thing as a standard day, right? Yeah, as the president and CEO, yeah, I'm ultimately over the entire operations of the business, all of our facilities, which include you know the stadium, multiple training sites, multiple youth facilities, um, 
I'm our main point of contact for Major League Soccer. So anything from kind of a lead level uh, flows through me and then, you know, our ownership group uh, as well. So kind of our, our I direct report into our chairman of the board, Cliff Illick, who's our majority owner. So any owner uh, things going on, they are all local in Kansas City, which is good and bad, depending on the day. Uh, but, you know, it, it, you know, I always describe myself as, you know, I, I kind of go where the most need and the most help is at that given time, right? Sometimes that's, it might be, you know, a big corporate partner pitch. Sometimes that's a stadium renovation uh, issue going on. Sometimes that's uh, working with the league on, you know, kind of uh, big picture topics that, you know, impact all the clubs. So day to day, but, you know, ultimately uh, over the business and over the facilities is the, the short answer to the question. The obvious uh, question for a lot of our listeners is, how do you get there from Grove City? But maybe we should back up and say, how did you get from Cortland, Ohio to Grove City? We'll start there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I obviously played hoops there for a couple of years and uh, was recruited by uh, Tim Rice, was the one of the assistants for uh, for Coach Lammy at the time. Who, by the way, shout out to Coach Lammy. Doesn't look like he's aged at all since I was there. So I got to figure out what he's doing. Um but, you know, got recruited into uh, to Grove City. I wanted to keep playing basketball kind of out of high school. And, you know, I, I was looking at, you know, probably some bigger uh, colleges, some from Ohio. I was looking at Ohio State, but ultimately Grove City, I think just uh, basketball was a huge appeal. The, like, the, obviously, the reputation of the school, uh, once you did some research, was fantastic. And, you know, I was kind of drawn to the the private uh, Christian side of things as well. So hoops and uh, the reputation were the ultimate answer. And uh, thankfully, uh, that, that prevailed because it was a great choice in life looking back. So you come in, uh, you have hoops on the mind. You're not studying business, though. Talk to talk to us about what you started out, and and maybe you know how you ended up in in the discipline that you ultimately graduated with. Yeah, I was an electrical engineer my first year, which I, I think I was the classic good at math and science. This sounds great. Uh, route. I had a couple uh, aunts who were uh, engineers, so I just felt yeah, this should be great. And after about six months i was like this is this is not what i want to do with uh with life it was it was pretty clear that this was not going to be the the source of my enjoyment down the road and so um my dad tells a good story now i I called him on the day of registration our uh sophomore year and i changed everything i hadn't talked to my parents by the way so i just i've made the move to, to business uh, my dad called and said, you probably need to come home this weekend so we can talk so um thankfully that worked out but yeah i was more interested in just kind of the general business at the time, how things work, how to engage, how to build things. Yeah, you know, I, I was kind of drawn to, to that aspect of it, but ultimately, hence, the, I, I ended up obviously majoring in marketing because I kind of gravitated into that space. But, you know, business was really uh, what I found passionate and certainly uh, applies quite frankly to what I do now. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because engineers are known as problem solvers. I imagine you do a good bit of that in your in your current role now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, listen, there's some great traits that, that carry through to that. Um, I always laugh. I probably had the most overqualified, um, you know, math credit and science credits possible. I, you know, most people take, you know, whatever the basic courses. I was in Calc 1 and 2, so I, I overachieved in my my math uh, focus. But all kidding aside, I mean, there, there's a ton of benefit. Um, I learned a lot of good time management skills that, that freshman year in terms of how to balance basketball in a really demanding curriculum. So certainly a ton of positive traits that carry through. So when, during your four years, or is it nearing the end, you're graduating, like, when do you know that professional sports is an area of passion and that that's something you want to explore and really work in? 
it was it was towards the end. I wish I could tell you like I had it all figured out on the uh, the build up end. And so you know, I always I, I do a lot of speaking for the college classes and college students. And I I always you know listen. I didn't know what I want to do. And when when I was nineteen, and yeah, you know, I don't think most people do. I, I knew I had a passion for kind of the the business and marketing side. I, I love sports. I obviously played sports my whole life. I was you know drawn to that. And uh, I was like, well, I'm not good enough to play in the NBA. So let's let's keep working. A shot, you know, and I ended up in the sales side, right? I hadn't, I wanted nothing to do with sales. I and mean, that's the other candid answer I would tell you looking back. It was kind of the, the easiest route in and I figured I'll, I'll give it a go. And I, I, I ended up really enjoying it. But, um, yeah, it was probably the last two semesters when I kind of decided that this is something I want to give a, give a shot at. So you've had, um, you, you've had, a, you've, you've had your share of highs and your, your lows, your challenges in your career already. You started out, you kind of referenced a little bit about making, you know, uh, cold sales calls, learning what that was all about. You end up working at soccer. It's, uh, we're already hearing a little bit about that part of your story that, that wasn't necessarily a sport that was in your background. Um, and then obviously more recently, right? Pandemic, the challenges for professional sports. Like this has been a journey of uh, agility and grit. You probably have some other words that might describe, you know, what's, what's kind of helped sustain you through your career. But what are some things? You're touching on a little bit of that, but from Grove City on the court with hoops, that kind of pivot and major change, just even like, just talk about those four years at Grove City, things that you kind of pulled from there character wise that have kind of prepped you for all the ups and downs and twists and turns of your career so far. Yeah, it's one of my favorite questions because as a, as a parent, particularly Brian, you can appreciate you, you know what you should do, but kids got to figure it out on their own. And that's one of my probably frustrations as a parent is like, I've been through it. So like, Hey, just, just do this. Trust me. Right. And I think there's a lot of that in, in life. And I would say even through Grove city and, and immediately beyond, you don't, you don't necessarily realize what, what that has molded you into until you're turning 40 like me and you can look back and be like, oh, you know what? There's, there's probably some, something to that and why I do this. So, you know, I always say that the formula is pretty straightforward and I can give it to you pretty quickly. It's, it's doing it consistently. That's the hard part. Right. And certainly I think one of the huge benefits of, of Grove City and I'm sure other uh, collegiate experience as well, um, particularly when you play sports and, and candidly, I try to hire D3 athletes because of this aspect of it is you, you have to have time management. You have to be committed to your, your play. You have to be really disciplined and you got to want it. And that equates to a great work ethic, a great outlook, a great mentality, all those things that you can't, you know, it's the old cliche, right? You can't coach a lot of that. I mean, those are things that, you know, from my experience, when, when folks coming out have that background, you're far more likely to succeed and, and do well. And so for me, that was it, right? Like I had from a young age, my dad was just hammering work ethic, right? You know, if you, you know. You're not going to be the most talented, but you can work as hard as everybody else, right? And I, I, I believe that I wasn't the most talented at, at basketball or school or candidly, even when I got into the sales side, right? But I would try to win on all the controllables that I could. Are you putting in the time? Are you showing up every day? Are, are you doing things the right way? Are you treating people fairly? I tell everyone I'm full of cliches, as my staff would tell you, but you know, control the controllables is my favorite saying. I use it every single day. Um, but it's true. I think if you do that, it's uh, you know, things work out well. Some people might say that's a naive approach, but I've seen it in my career enough to know that I think if you apply those consistently, good things are gonna happen. Your what you just said, uh, Jake, really reminds me of the great Pele, who who could have missed Pele, right? Uh, passed away this past December, but he he once said, success is no accident. 
It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you're doing or learning to do. I, that talk about like that expound a little bit more because that's right. Like that's that's exactly yeah. what you're talking about. No, I mean you, you nailed it. And one of the ones I use all the time is, uh, and I think it was attributed to to the Navy SEALs, right? You don't you don't rise to the occasion; you fall to the the level you're training. Um, mm. And it, it, it's true, right? I mean, I think if you show up and expect that, hey, today's the day I'm going to turn it on, you might be able to, but can you turn it on for five straight days, for ten straight days, for a year? I mean, that's where I think you get the separation from it, and you know working hard and doing the right thing. Like if you just do that in life, like you're going to be fine. Uh, and listen, you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. Things are going to go wrong, but <clears throat> you'll get noticed by your peers. You'll get noticed by those above you. You want to be someone who's reliable. You want to be someone who can be counted on. You, you want to know that if, if they come down and need something done, they're going to grab Brian and say, Hey, you, you might not know what you're doing here, but you're going to go figure this out. And, and the best example, and I'm, I'm fast forward and career wise, and we can backtrack, but it's relevant to this thread that we're on is you know, when I was vice president of tickets in uh, Kansas City, our EVP left and uh, he was my boss and ran all of our revenue. Um, so they ran a job search. I didn't even apply for the job. I mean, I, I was mm. like, I'm not qualified. I've never done sponsorship. I haven't done food and beverage. I'm just, I'm good. I'm working hard in my lane. I'll be good. Well, they they went through a search three months, didn't find anybody. And our, our owners pulled me in and said, you're going to be chief revenue officer. And I, I literally said this, I said, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, I don't think I'm ready <laughs> for that. And they're like, we respect your opinion, but we don't care. Like we've seen what you do, just go figure it out. And mm. I did. Right. And it, it took some time, but yeah, you know, I, I, that was a, at the time, again, you don't appreciate it. It was more of a, holy cow, like this is a little bit terrifying, but you know, I think when I look back three years, I do that now too. I throw people in the positions that, Hey, I know you're not ready, but I've seen the traits and the characteristics and I know that you'll figure it out. So go figure it out. Mm. You've talked about when in those early days, uh, you, you've done a lot in sales. Obviously, it's at the core of, of running, you know, professional sports o operation. Um, you, you've talked about like in the past with me, just in terms of what surprised you about sales that you've really enjoyed. Talk about that in, in terms of relationships and networking and what that's meant for you throughout your career. Yeah, I would, I'm definitely... My wife and I were talking about this the other night. I'm, I'm probably, if I had to bucket it, I'm, I'm probably 70% extrovert and 30% introvert, right? You know, I, I enjoy some alone, quiet time, recharging, working out, whatever, but I ultimately also thrive in situations where I'm, I'm in business settings and, and meetings and, and all those things. So as that relates to sales, I mean, my perception of versus the reality of sales was what surprised me, right? I think you, you think of sales a lot of what you see on TV or in things you read, right? It's the person trying to trick you into buying something. You can't trust them because you don't know what you're getting sold and, you know, all those things, right? Um, so that was probably, that was my perception. I think within the first couple of weeks, I figured out like, oh, I can actually, I can talk to you about what we have and recommend a solution. And if you like it, great. If not, that's okay too, because I don't want you to buy something that you don't like. So to me, it, the light bulb went off pretty quickly that, hey, this is actually about fulfilling needs and building trustworthy relationships and making sure that your, your folks know that you're looking out for them and, and you truly are. And I think the most powerful thing you could say is, you know, and I had, I had clients say like, Hey, I think I want to do this. And I would say, actually, like, I think you should do this. And what I was recommending was less money. And they were like shocked. Right. I'm like, Hey, that's not, you're mm -hmm. not going to be happy in that. Like tr try this. Um, so, you know, I loved it. There's certainly a, a competition athletic side that probably applies to, right. For those of us who have been in, in sports, there's certainly a, you got a goal, you got a target, you're, you're 
you're competing against others internally for that top prize. So th- there's definitely a component of competition that certainly resonated with me and my background, um, but also just kind of the fulfillment of the relationship piece. Those were the two that kind of really um, got me engaged and, and early on realized this is something I could see myself doing probably longer than I thought. You can tell uh, you know, anybody that talks to you that it's not just a transaction, that there's some deeper meaning in, in everything that you do. And, uh, and I think about the tremendous opportunity that for, you know, professional sports you know, for influence has. I mean, it's, it's significant, right? The reach, the opportunity for the athletes, for the organizations, the game day, all of it. And so you, since you're a basketball fan, the late coach John Wooden once said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Because your character is what you really are, and your reputation is merely what other people think uh, you are. What is that? Talk about what that means for you as you as you lead an organization. I talk. About, I mean, you have a number of staff. How many staff do you have that are, that are working in, on the uh, the organization there? Yeah, there's about 220 on the business side, and yep. another 50 on the team side. So, um, yeah, I mean, who you are and your your character is everything, right? You know, I I kind of use trust as an example, right? I'm I'm probably the the over truster when I meet people, but if you lose it, there's almost no getting it back. Right. So it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I, I value highly and I, I take very seriously the, my perception, both internally and externally at the organization. I want to be known as someone who does things the right way, who treats others, um, how I want to be treated. I mean, again, you can pick up on my cliche taglines early on here, but, but they're all, they're all true. Right. I think that that is, once you lose that, there's no getting it back. If you lose your um, your your you know perception internally and externally as as someone who can't be trusted or or isn't um, someone that is is you know handles things professionally, that's really really hard, if not impossible, to get back. Particularly in a in a situation like a sports team where you are very public um, from a figure standpoint. So I I operate. The same, whether I'm with my family, my close friends, our work associates, or our business partners, to me, um, yeah, that's something that I try to apply across all avenues of my life. We've been talking to Jake Reed about his unique opportunity in the sports business, and we're going to get more into what it's like to be in the middle of the soccer capital of America, the story behind uh, maybe a little bit about the sealing the deal with Children's Mercy Park. I know that's something that means a lot to you personally as well and what he's learned from incredible leaders in sports and business that he's had the opportunity to work alongside after just this quick break. Did you know the Grove City College Office of Alumni and College Relations hosts and sponsors events across the country and around the world each year? From smaller Grover gatherings in alumni homes to a Pittsburgh Pirates spring training game in sunny Bradenton, Florida, and mixers at up-and-coming startups like Pittsburgh-based and alumni-founded Gecko Robotics to domestic and international travel trips to unique destinations like Egypt, Alaska, and the European holiday markets. Grovers connect and celebrate the college throughout the year. If you're interested in attending an event, visit alumni.gcc.edu backslash events to learn more. You can also inquire about hosting an event in your home or around your area by emailing us at alumni at gcc.edu. Can't wait to see you soon. So 2026 is going to be a big year for Grove City College. I don't know if you know this, Jake, but it'll be our 150th. But it's also uh, an incredibly big year for North America and the game of soccer. This will be the first time that the World Cup will be hosted by three different countries. It'll be the first event, I believe, that'll be held in Canada for the World Cup. 
The U.S. will have 11 host cities. Is that right? And Kansas City is one of them. So can you tell us about your involvement, what this is going to mean for the city? Yeah, the, the World Cup, for those who don't know, is the largest sporting event in the globe ever, right? It happens every four years. Um, I always give a little bit of context. I think the last Super Bowl had in the neighborhood of 140 million viewers, give or take. The World Cup had like 3.6 billion. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty staggering uh, set of numbers when, when you, when you look at it, uh, for us in Kansas city, it's, you know, we've, we just opened a new airport. The NFL draft is here, uh, in about a month and then world cup in 2026. We're kind of on this, this crazy run of, uh, kind of major milestones. I, I think I originally submitted our, our bid book to FIFA in New York in 2017. So just for context of how long I've been working on this. Thing. And then we just found out last summer that we uh, we obviously were selected as one of the 11 cities. So it, it's a huge deal. If you look at a map of the U.S., Kansas City sticks out as kind of one of these things is not like the other. Um, you know, we're kind of right in the middle. You've got a heavy coastal presence for um, everything else. But, you know, I, I think just the reputation that we've helped build here um, in the Midwest and in Kansas City, the success of our club. And I'm not, by the way, taking any credit for that. It's just, you know, we've had a good run. Um yeah, I think mattered. And then you throw just the Kansas City sports landscape. This little guy called Mahomes has been pretty good here in the last couple of years. So it, it's a huge deal. We're the smallest market by far. We're the 33rd media market. I think the next smallest is 12. So, I mean, just for perspective, wow. it's a pretty significant gap. It'll be an unbelievable event for the city. It will have nothing like it ever um, again. So it's going to be transformative. I know it's probably a term that's thrown around too often, but it, it will certainly be one of those moments for, for Casey. I think that gives our listeners, uh, those that maybe aren't tracking with World Cup and, and the beautiful game, a pretty good idea of how big of a deal. Thanks, Jake. You've had uh, already, I mean, that's going to be an incredible moment ahead. You've already been a part of some incredible moments. Um, and and beside you know winning championships and, and all of those sorts of things, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about the story of the corporate partnership with Children's Mercy in Kansas City. And I, you know, what that's meant for both of those organizations, what the, you know, the club and, and for them, what that's meant for you personally, because I know that as a green ribbon champion, that's that's something that's personal to you. Uh, and I've heard you talk about, right, your role uh, in sports, really, in large part, too, is about storytelling. So tell us a little bit more of that story. Um, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, I'll try to not be overly long one, which I'm not always good at. But, you know, it, it, you got to do a little refresh so when we opened the stadium in 2011 it was Livestrong sporting park right and and we were passionate about supporting uh those battling cancer trying to help the families i, I think you know listen cancer is unfortunately one of those things where anyone you talk to has has some degree of separation right usually one or two degrees of separation from someone they know that's that's had cancer battling cancer lost to cancer and, and so for us that was no different in our ownership group they were very passionate about um, trying to, to, to help the battle, um, against cancer. So obviously Livestrong didn't, didn't pan out for reasons that are probably publicly available, um, based on how that went down. Our, our focus never shifted. So we, we launched the, the victory project, which is our foundation that helps, uh, it's really focused on kids fighting cancer. So that was launched in 2013. Um, we honor one of those families, every game. It's one of my favorite pregame moments. You you've been there, Brian, the crowd turns they chant the kid's name we honor him up in the stands it's a it's a pretty surreal moment that you know honestly it's it's hard not to tear up a little bit when it happens and so we started talking to children about like what can we what can we do more how can we help more how can we be more engaged they were obviously already a great partner with helping you know do what they do in the region um and you know they were looking at 
you know, building a, a kind of sports medicine uh, rehab uh, clinic out, we were talking about a new training center. We thought, what if we did this together? And so uh, through a lot of discussion and a lot of planning, we ended up, you know, kind of launching a, a pretty broad partnership and and uh, I think it was 2015. I'm losing track of my, my dates here, but um, they're, they're such a good organization. They are world renowned for what they do. And certainly in our kind of five, six state region here in the Midwest, they're, they're best of the best. Um, and you know, listen, I, anyone with, with kids has probably had some experience where you're going through something where your child is, you know, something's happening, no matter how small or how big with kids, it's, it's True. crazy as a parent. Right. And so we certainly had a couple of those with children's and just the, the amazing experience that they, they do when you're in a, a life moment that no parent wants to be in. And so it's been awesome. They've been just so fun to work with. And we're just very blessed that we've got a partner that is doing all the good things they are in our community. And it's certainly proud to be partnered with them. That's awesome. Now, 2023, we're jumping on some different dates and we're going back and forward, but uh, it's been a big deal. Another big moment for MLS, the launch of a massive agreement with Apple. I mean, I think uh, the figures I've seen, $2.5 billion agreement. This is a 10-year partnership to broadcast matches. It's something I'm personally very excited about. I'm sure some of our listeners are as well. Share with us how, give us a, a sense of how big of a deal this is. What does this mean for soccer in America now and the potential for the future? How excited are you about this? Uh, it's an amazing deal. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think in sports, you know, as a league, you kind of go as your media deals go, you know, and I think, you know, for us, we've, we've steadily grown, but, you know, our, our previous deal was around, you know, 95 million. And so we had a significant jump from that, but, but I would say more, well, but, Arguably, more importantly, is just that I always laugh at it. Like Apple's a pretty good partner, right? I mean, they're the global leader um, in technology. They've got, you know, in the U.S. alone, I think it's something like 800 million connected devices. Um, you know, I think if anyone listening, a lot of people are probably listening on their Apple phone exactly. right now or, or tablet or, or something. And so, you know, for us, we're, we're in fan growth mode still, right? We're not the NFL. We're not baseball. We're not, you know, uh, basketball. We're we are, uh, if we're a stock, we're a good buy because we're still low and we're growing fast. But I think Apple helps us reach such a broader audience. You know, we were immediately in a hundred plus countries. We're immediately no blackouts everywhere you go. You can watch us. There's, there's no strings attached. So that is probably as big as the financial piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, and the easy, I, I laugh, like I think it applies to all ages, right? Like my dad calling me who just turned 69 saying how excited he was that he could now know where to find us every game. I'm like, okay, if he can figure it out, like we can, we can be good here. Yeah. And the reality is we're, we're probably a year or two ahead of like the streaming complete all in trend, but I think that's our league where we, we like to be out front. We, we leverage technology. I think we've got a, a younger fan base than most of the leagues. And so they're a tremendous partner. They are all in uh, with us. They've been incredible thus far to work with and, and super excited about where that thing's going um, over the next decade. So exciting. Now you um, shift gears for a moment back to some of the people, and uh, and you've had just uh, just an incredible run, a great opportunity to, to partner with wonderful organizations. We talk about children's, we talk about you know local government officials, businesses, obviously in the sports. Um, talk about um, you know what you've learned, what you're taking away from some of these folks, and then and then maybe if you wouldn't mind commenting. As you're moving 100 miles a minute, where do you turn to for continued growth? You talked earlier about like you know, kind of you love being out there and from a networking sense with people. 
But when you're trying to refuel other podcasts, books, what are some of those sources that you kind of, you know, how are you, how are you learning and continuing to grow as a leader? Yeah. Um, you know, I think what I've, gosh, what I've learned, I mean, it, it, to me, you know, someone told me early on, like, especially when you're doing a business deal, you're negotiating, right? Like you, you want to leave some scraps on the table for everybody or else, you know, you're not gonna be able to do that deal again. And I, I think that's true, right? It, it, if you might be able to win something when you're going through it, but if the person feels like they got the raw end of the stick, uh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna engage again. Right. And I think life is too short for that. Certainly in a community like Kansas city, where it's a fairly small community, like those, those, those things matter. And so I think, uh, you know, that I learned early on, right. It's not always about winning. It's about doing things the right way. And I understand that sounds like a, you know, broad brushstroke generic statement, but it, it's, it's true. Anyone listening to this, that's in business understands, um, that aspect of it. And I, and I can tell you some of our best deals were deals that started very, very small and was just a relationship builder for a year or two. And then went from, you know, our last kit deal is a good example, right? You know, last two kit deals, the, they went from a 700, you know, or $70,000 partner to a multi-million dollar partner. So those, th- those things matter. And I think those are good lessons learned about, uh, not burning bridges, uh, whether you want, whether your ego wants you to or not. Right. Cause sometimes you, you do want to feel like you, you, you won. Um, you know, and I, I think for me, I, I turn to a variety of outlets podcast. I'm a big podcaster. Um, I, I got about a 20, 25 minute commute, uh, each way into work. So rather than listen to sports radio, talk about how good or bad we're playing at the uh, given moment, I'd rather listen to something that helps me grow. And then I, yeah, I do a bunch of audiobooks too. I probably don't actually read books physically as much as I'd like to anymore, but I certainly digest them in, uh, in different formats. And so, um, yeah, I think trying to just constantly learn is something that's important to me talking to people in our industry or outside of our industry that are, that are leaders that you know, I, I can learn from, I think open the learnings, a characteristic I try to teach our team all the time. And I certainly try to live by that. I, I learn a bunch, um, every day. And so, you know, I, I think it's, that that's important. And then also finding time just to get back to whatever level you need to be on. Right. For me, that's usually a, a bike ride or working out or, um, something in the mornings just to kind of get your head right. So you, you got to figure out what that looks like, because ultimately that that's going to help your performance, um, in the long run as well. Before we wrap up, Jake, I think you've you've dropped a few, and you mentioned about how regularly you use your cliches with your team. Maybe maybe you pull one more out with us, and I'll just kind of drag this question on just for a moment because I'm putting you on the spot that you use with your team, or maybe even your kids at home on a, on a pretty regular basis. Well, you can't see my board as you're on the uh, the audio version listening to this, but I've got a quote up there that you know yesterday's the past, tomorrow's the future. Um, you know, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Right. And I think to me, that's, I try not to linger on things very long, um, which goes back to control the controllables. I I just think if you're focused in life and listen, particularly in 2023, more than ever in the world we live in, right. If, if you are going to let all these external factors distract you and bother you and get you all worked up that you only have so much energy and you have so much bandwidth every day. And if that distracts you, it's, it's distracting you in things that you can't be present on, right. You should be present. I want to be present on this podcast. I want to be present when I go home tonight with, with my kids. I want to be present in the board meeting that I'm going to right after this. Right. And I, I, you know, I tell people that, um, you've got my sole attention right now, as soon as this is over, whatever's next, that will have my sole attention. Um, 
but I'd also be the, the first to say there's times I, I'm not good at that, right? I catch myself at dinner checking my phone. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not here to tell you that I get everything right, but I think keeping that in the back of my mind is, is important in trying to remember what matters in life uh, is what I try to focus the most on. So I think I do a better job than uh, I, I, most at that, but certainly consistent room for improvement for me as well. Well, as a friend and someone that's known you over the years, I mean, I think that's what part of what so many other things that make you really special, right? Striving for that, right? And uh, and I think just really being le- leaning in and being fully present and and making others feel truly valued as you're with them in that moment. So, Jake, I, I can't thank you enough for your time today. You've been you have an inspiring story. It's your journey is not yet done. You have a lot more to to play out in that. I'm certain that uh, that you've made some new sporting KC fans as a result of this interview today for, from our podcast listeners. And I just can't thank you enough for for sharing some of your experiences at Grove City and and truly how you've you've clearly found your calling and your passion in sports. Uh, you're making a difference in your team, your city, the world. And we're just so I'm personally I'm really proud of all I always have been of what you've done in your career. And we at Grove City are so thankful for the ways that you've brought honor to, to the college. So. Best of luck with the rest of your season, and and thanks thanks again for uh, for joining us. Yeah, Brian, my pleasure. I think it's funny if you'd have told me the freshman year we met in our dorm room that we'd be having this conversation in uh, 2023. We both got a good lap, so it's fun to see. Uh, going. Always always good to connect. So I I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you, Jake. Home is where everything. Begins. Thank you for listening to the Mid the Pines podcast. Explore more episodes at alumni.gcc.edu/podcast. Our co-producers are Joni Baumgartner and Amy Evans. Research provided by Janice Zinsner Inman, class of 1987. Audio editing is provided by Jennifer Hiles. Our theme music is Home, courtesy of the family of the late David M. Bailey, class of 1988. Contact us at alumni at gcc.edu for more information. We hope you'll join us again, Mid the Pines.